History tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in Central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spectacular people. Welcome to this 385th episode of the History Ghost Bump podcast, Ghost Tours for the Theater of the Mind. I'm your host, Diane. And this is Kelly. Kelly, we are doing a location suggested by our listener, Emily, and she did more than just suggest it to us. She invited us to go with her on a ghost hunt there. It was so much fun. I love this location. It was a great location. We are doing the Old Clay County Jail. So this is our second old historic jail in Florida in two months. It's about time we started getting on these. (laughs) I know, and we've been having a great time with them. So that's what we're going to be doing on this episode, sharing the history with you and then our investigation of this location. And we definitely had some stuff going on. Nobody showering with Kelly, though, this time. (laughs) No, not this time. Before we get into that, we want to welcome into the Spooktacular crew, Alexandra, Matthew, and Tricia. Thanks so much for joining us in the Spooktacular crew. And now, this moment, Naughty. The moment in oddity was suggested by Scott Booker. It all started with a phone call to Coast to Coast AM when Art Bell was host. A Mel Waters was calling in to let Art Bell and his listeners know that he had a bottomless pit on his property in Washington State. The hole had been located on the property for decades, with many indigenous tribes being aware of its existence. Many locals called this the Devil's Hole. The hole was 9 feet in diameter, and the beginnings of it were shored up with bricks to about 15 feet deep. But once past that, there was just dirt and darkness. Waters told Bell that he had tried to measure how deep the hole was by dropping a fishing line with a weight down the hole. But he gave up after 80,000 feet and no slack in the line. Animals avoided the hole too. No birds flew over the top, and Waters' dogs would dig in their paws to keep from being moved near the hole. A voice doesn't echo into the hole, and a radio placed near the hole played music from another era. The strangest story Waters told was that his neighbor had thrown his deceased dog into the pit, and the neighbor later claimed to see his dog running in the forest wearing his collar. The government leased Waters' land and told him to leave the country. When he returned, the government claimed that they had bought the property, and neighbors told him that black vans had been guarding the hole. Waters called into the radio show a second time and listeners started investigating him and found no records of any kind for any Mel Waters in Washington. People aren't even sure he exists. Whether Mel's hole exists or not, the story certainly is odd. The Bible is the most supernatural book ever written. Fight me. Hi, I'm Diane Student, host of the Ghost in You podcast, where I take you on a strange journey through the weird, wonderful, and terrifying topics in the Bible. Hear about angels, demons, the Nephilim, Leviathan, 
The Great Flood, Tower of Babel, End Times, and so much more. There's a lot in that book you don't know. Listen to the Ghost in You podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And now, this month in history. the month of May on the 1st in 1841, the first emigrant wagon train left Independence, Missouri, heading for California. This wagon train was headed by John Bidwell and Captain John Barlston, two men who had organized the Western Emigration Society. This first group included 69 adults, five of whom were women and a couple of children, traveling by Conestoga wagons pulled by horses, mules, and oxen. This would be the blind leading the blind, as Bidwell and Bartleston had never traveled to California before. The group managed to move around 12 miles a day. At Soda Springs, Idaho, the group split into two because half wanted to go to Oregon and half wanted to go to California. Bidwell led the California group of 33 people. Before reaching California, they had to leave their wagons because the terrain was too much for them. This group eventually made it to Tulum County in California on November 4, 1841, arriving nearly starved to death and lacking water. This would be the beginnings of the Oregon Trail. Listener Emily had contacted us and wondered if we would like to join her on a ghost hunt of the old Clay County Jail in Green Cove Springs, Florida. And we, of course, said yes. This would be our second hunt at an old Florida jail in a little over a month's time. Like the old Hamilton County Jail, this one was the scene of executions and was open for almost 100 years. Several sheriffs lost their lives too, so the spiritual energy here was high. But we also had experiences with another spirit that none of us expected, because this one should not have been at the jail, but might have tagged along, knowing the opportunity to get a message through would be possible. Join us as we share the history and haunts of the old Clay County Jail and Courthouse. Clay County is located west of Jacksonville and St. Augustine and was established in 1858. People would flock to Clay County in that earlier era because of the hot springs. Steamboats would bring them into cities like Green Cove Springs, which is where the old Clay County Jail and Courthouse are located. The courthouse was constructed in 1890 and was designed by L.S.N. McClure. The original jail was made from wood in 1874, and by the time the courthouse was built, it was falling apart. The jail that stands today was finished in 1894, rises two stories, has one-foot-thick brick walls, and was designed by the Poly Jail Company. And that would be spelled P-A-U-L-Y, not like Jerry and Tracy. (laughs) Missing an L, right? So they don't have a secret jail company we don't know about. There were 16 jail cells with maximum security upstairs. The jail held men, women, juveniles, and the mentally ill. This area is kind of called their historic triangle because it has the courthouse, the jail, and then there's a like a train museum kind of right there, too. 
I just loved seeing that old caboose sitting there on the tracks and all the old railroad lights and so forth. It was very cool. This is the second oldest jail in Florida, falling right behind the old jail in St. Augustine. I thought that was a cool factoid. Absolutely. Factoid. (laughs) Well, and we've been to the old jail in St. Augustine. So, I mean, we're hitting all the old jails in this state. We're working on it. It's a pretty large state, babe, but we're working on it. (laughs) The solitary confinement for this jail was a box out back that was like a sweat box. And some liken it to an archaic form of torture. Yeah, that was the interesting thing. I hadn't even thought about it until I was doing the research after we had done our investigation. I was like, oh, you know what? There was no solitary confinement because every time we've gone to a jail, we've always been shown that and investigated their special. And I was like, there wasn't one here. And so then when I was doing the research, that's what I found out. And I was like, ooh, that is probably one of the worst solitary confinements we've heard of, maybe even worse than the holes that we would hear about. Certainly. And definitely something to keep in mind as we proceed through our investigation. Yes. Food was cooked early on by the jailer's wife and was mostly fresh food. But that is where comfort stopped as the jail had no AC or heat. So prisoners were left to the elements. The Clay County Jail was used until 1973. A wonderful year. Oh, well, I guess that's true. (laughs) Almost as long as the old Hamilton County Jail. That one was opened into the 80s. So this one closed about 10 years before. But I always think it's amazing when you see these old falling apart jails that you're like, that was open within our lifetimes. Right. It, it, it definitely gives one pause when yeah. you realize that. Executions took place at the jail. At least seven hangings were documented and all took place on a scaffold. Abe Middleton was hanged in 1912 for the accidental murder of a man. Many people think his spirit is still here since the murder was an accident. And I wanted to be specific about mentioning the scaffold because the area where the executions took place has a bunch of trees. And so a lot of people might think, oh, that they just hang them from these old trees. And that's not the case. Many sheriffs served Clay County in the jail. One of them, Sheriff John P. Hall, served for three decades, which is a Florida record. Three Clay County sheriffs were killed in the line of duty between the late 1800s and early 1900s. Sheriff Josephus Peeler was shot and killed on May 10, 1894, at a train station when he intervened in an argument between two men. He left behind a wife and five children, ranging in age from six months to ten years. Sheriff Charles Wilson was shot and killed by a suspect during an arrest attempt aboard a train on July 10, 1906. Sounds like these trains were a dangerous place for sheriffs to be. Sheriff Theodore Cherry was shot and killed by a suspect during an interrogation interview on July 6, 1913. They brought the body of Sheriff Cherry back to the jail and laid his body on the floor of the booking room, which is today the archives. That sheriff may still be here, and one woman claims that just as she approached the double front doors of the courthouse, a man jumped out at her and startled her. He was dressed in period clothing of a sheriff and had come through the doors without opening them. Hence her first clue that perhaps it was a spirit. (laughs) Yeah, they don't have to open the doors and they come through probably not human. Emily had invited us to dinner before the ghost hunt, and this is where we met the rest of our team for the evening. No one from the group had investigated inside the jail, which was exciting, so that we wouldn't be biased in any way. And as we would come to find out, not all the spirits at the jail were from that location. Our team included Emily's husband, Mike, and her two sons, Jake and Luke, and then three other women named Joe, Sarah, and Christine. We had a great time talking ghosts with them at dinner and answering their questions. None of the three of them had ever investigated before. 
Yeah, I had so much fun sitting there and kind of getting our brains picked about what we thought about ghosts and what had happened on other investigations. And you could tell they were a little apprehensive about going into a jail. I mean, if this is going to be the first time you investigate a place, a jail would be a bit unnerving. (laughs) They were just a whole heck of a lot of fun. I really enjoyed hanging out with them. They were. And I'm really glad that we had Joe along because we keep mentioning there seems to be the spirit that was hanging out that wasn't a part of the jail. And this is going to be connected to Joe. Indeed it is. And I think she was definitely not prepared for this to be the the case, but it was very interesting what we had happen this evening. After dinner, we drove into Green Cove Springs to the jail, which is part of a bigger museum complex, as I described earlier. The historic courthouse is across from it, and there are several pieces of train memorabilia that included an old train depot building. And then, as you said, Kelly, there's the caboose that's on the tracks there. We took some pictures and walked around with the EMF detector to see if we'd get anything. And it did go up to yellow for a bit because, I mean, the last depot that we were in is where I got touched. So right, I was like, ooh, there's a train depot. Now, this one was very small. And we were also told by the ladies who were kind of the security and watching over the jail while we were investigating that there's some really cool stuff inside so that we need to come back sometime when it's open to check that out. Yeah, I definitely want to go back there at some point. Emily then familiarized us with the lay of the land. Oh, wow. Yeah, so kids were in school there. With the people in jail. Wow. And then this was the gallows here in the courtyard. Okay. And that's the courthouse. And they still use that for like, um, what are they called? Not juvenile court, but like where the kids go and like pretend to be in the uh, courthouse. Oh. Pretend to like debate. Yeah, kind of like that. I've heard that it's haunted too. I've heard that as well. Um, There's just, I don't think as much activity up there. Sure. And just to add on to that a little bit, what she was describing there, as I was doing the research, I found out this was called teen court. And it's not just them going in and and trying their hand at court. These are actually kids, lesser offenses, where it would be a group of their peers that would be the jury, everybody who conducts it, the judge, everything. It's all teenagers. And so you are tried by your peers for sure. Wow, that's interesting. So initially, I thought it was more of like an argument and debate kind of class, exactly. you know, whether you're doing that in high school or college. That is really interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. No, and I think it's a real positive thing because, I mean, you can't get more uh, jury of your peers than people who are your exact age and might understand why you might have slipped up when it came to the law a little bit here and not give you a tough time, maybe. Definitely. And I think when they're in that kind of circumstance, it probably, for the person being tried, I think that that is a much more comfortable situation versus just having a grown up, an adult say, you know, you did this and you did that. And this is what we're going to punish you with. And then as you heard Emily say at the beginning of that, there was a school diagonally across the street, which would have been a bit unnerving when the jail was in use. Can you imagine? This is true. While the front of the jail is similar in design to the old Hamilton County Jail, and we did mention that on that episode, this one was painted white in 1963 and stretches back farther, so it was much larger with more jail cells. The warden's living quarters were also separated more, I felt. You know, the other jail was like you were all kind of in the same thing. This one seemed like it was almost a separate building, but connected. Right. And there was a door that kind of led off that way. I don't know if actually had direct access without going outside into the jail because we didn't travel through that way. So that's true. There is a possibility that there was a an entrance there. We didn't get to see much of that because this was also archive storage. But there were pieces from the jail in regards to stories and artifacts. Do you remember that spoon that was in there that was shaped like a key? 
I do, that the, the prisoner actually shaped into a key to yeah. get himself out of the cell. <laughs> the inmate's name was Billy Joe Krebs. And he had made this in 1964 and used it to unlock his cell and those of the other inmates. I mean, seeing that in person, what the actual key looked like and what he was able to fashion, that was amazing. It was. <laughs> he did a really good job. Unfortunately, though, the key wouldn't work on the front door. And they all ended up back in their cells. Ah, <laughs> I did not know that portion. So good job up until that point. In the warden's quarters, many children were born. The first female mayor of Green Cove Springs was one of those children. The Hinson brothers grew up in the jail, and they went on to become prison guards, and one of them was actually present at the execution of Ted Bundy at the Florida State Prison in Rayford, Florida. After our visit in the archives, we went into the jail, which just oozed creep. The walls featured peeling paint, the metal bunks were rusting, cobwebs clung to high places, and the rusted warp stairways were interesting to navigate. Certainly for me as well as my vertigo. Especially for you, Kelly. It was like, you better be really careful. Watch out. Throughout the jail, there were signs on the walls detailing bits of history, which was a nice touch. And I did have to rescue a little anole lizard because he was trapped inside. He did not deserve to be a prisoner. So I took him outside. Yeah, I didn't save that bit of audio, Kelly. But yes, you you were very (laughs) heroic saving the anole. That tried to bite me. Yeah. One of the most common forms of evidence that investigators capture at the jail are electronic voice phenomenon, and that would be the case for us. Other unexplained phenomenon include disembodied voices, and Kelly thought she'd heard something say, hey, from a few cells down, from one that we'd all gathered in for an Estes Method spirit box session. And unfortunately, I actually had the recorder out in the hallway where Kelly was standing, and it was facing the direction, but it didn't catch it. So whatever she heard, we're not able to verify. So it could just be your crazy ears. (laughs) Or just that I'm crazy, period. (laughs) (laughs) There's also the sound of shuffling feet, footsteps, and the creaking of cell doors. Weird anomalies have been caught in pictures. And many people have been touched in the jail. Kelly felt as though something touched her hair and her calf in one of the cells. And also remember how you felt like your bracelets were being touched. Yeah, that was really bizarre because I was staring at them, expecting to see them move. Couldn't see them move. But I felt it. It was very strange. I've never had that kind of sensation before. And there were four of us staring at them intently. Right. I know. I'm like, I feel it. I just can't see it. (laughs) But it was very interesting. The ghost hunters actually have investigated this location. It was during season nine. And Amy Bruni was a part of that team at that time. And she was scratched on her arm. Luckily, everybody was very kind to us. Yeah, we didn't have any (laughs) scratching going on. Vichy Gehrig is the archive specialist at the jail, and she witnessed an apparition standing at the end of one of the cell blocks by an open cell door. This spirit was wearing a long gray cotton shirt that she could tell was wrinkled, but she knew this was a spirit because everything other than the shirt was transparent. Plus, she was the only person in the jail. A man had been walking on the maximum security side of the prison, and something he couldn't see grabbed his elbow inside one of the cells. And now a little break for a word about one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Laura Ruby and the book, 13 Doorways, Wolves Behind Them All. Kelly, I started the book and it is amazing. And I know you got the audiobook. I did. And I am loving it. You're a little bit ahead of me. But when this describes the book as being Chicago, 1941, when Frankie's mother dies and her father leaves her in the orphanage, it's not supposed to be forever. Years later, Frankie wants to know what really happened to her mother. 
What other ghosts lurk in the shadows of her past? And how much will she risk to find out? And when it's talking about ghosts, it's talking about ghosts. It really is. This book mentions Resurrection Mary and haunting some of the cemeteries in that area. So that's been a lot of fun. And what's really cool is I had not realized before, but this is based on the life of Laura Ruby's mother-in-law. Oh, goodness. I didn't realize that either. No. And when I got the book, I got a postcard with it, who I I believe it's a picture of her mother-in-law. And I was just like, wow, how cool. That's very cool. Puts a whole nother layer to it. Yeah. So you guys would absolutely love this book. It's now in paperback from Balzer and Bray, which is an imprint of HarperCollins. And as we said, it's also an audiobook. The audiobook of 13 Doorways, Wolves Behind Them All, will be available at a special, deeply discounted price all through the month of May at your favorite digital audiobook retailer. So we recommend you go out and pick that up in either the book form or the audiobook. The audiobook's great because you can listen while you're cleaning or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like taking a podcast, but what I'm finding is... I'm putting things off because I get so engrossed in the story (laughs) that when I'm doing something and I need to move on to a different project, I'm holding off because I want to hear what happens next. (laughs) (laughs) So check out Laura Ruby's 13 Doorways, Wolves Behind Them All. You will not be disappointed. Kelly, you and I decided that we were going to start in an end cell because you kind of felt like there was some energy in there. So you're like, I want to start here. Yeah, I felt drawn to go to that area. And usually when I follow my instincts, it it works out well. And it did in this (laughs) case. We set up an EMF and the flashlight and started a dousing rod session. The spirit indicated that it was afraid of the EMF detector. And isn't that interesting because we had the same similar experience at Hamilton County Jail. It is. I'm just like, we've never had anything tell us that it was afraid to touch stuff. But all of a sudden we do now. So, were you guilty of the crime that you were in here for? Yes. Okay. Well, thank you very much for communicating with us. We definitely appreciate it. We're just here out of respect and curiosity just to interact with those parents here today. So were you in your 20s when you were here? Were you in your 30s? Were you in your teens? Were you a teenager? Under 20 years old? Thank you. That was a yes for the recorder. Thank you. That must have been tough. That's still relatively young to be in jail. We do have a recorder. Oh, you say no. That wasn't very young to be in jail. Hmm. No? Okay. Well, I guess there is some glass on the windows, but I'm wondering, did it get really hot in here? Yeah. And then during the winter, did it get really cold? Yes. It's weird. I kept feeling like somebody's moving my bracelets. Did you just touch Kelly's bracelets on her arm there? Quick yes. <laughs> Could you do it again? Would you touch them again? I totally feel like they're moving right now. That's weird. Thank you. Could you maybe even, the, the one that's this clear one here, could you kind of roll it up her arm a little bit? That's actually the one that I'm feeling. I'm feeling it right here. It's like, it was going like this, like on my bone right there. 
Can you move it a little bit while she's got it down like this? Might be a little bit easier. Just roll it a little bit. Maybe even flick this like that. Hopefully <laughs> you didn't just push them. Oh, I'm sorry if I did. It's really weird. I can keep feeling like pressure like this. Hmm. Like, like as it's sitting there, just like a little bit pushing down in movement. That's not where my pulse is. No. But that's where I was feeling it. It was just like right there and it was like. I love sharing these bits of audio when we're investigating so that people feel like they're doing it with us. They're actually a part of. As you guys hear, there is a ton of background contamination. Not only do we have two separate groups that are doing investigating, so you can hear them in the background too, but the traffic outside this place, it was not like a main thoroughfare, but it's going to sound like it through all of this audio. You're just going to hear cars driving (laughs) and driving and driving. I know. I was so shocked by that because it just looks like this little tiny street, but there was constantly people driving down, revving their engines. I mean, it was just really busy. And we are going to play some EVP for you. So it's amazing that we managed to catch it. And they're going to be clear, but a lot of the stuff I wouldn't normally trust. And we didn't just do Estes Method spirit box sessions. We're going to have some where we actually have the spirit box out loud. And we can't always tell what's being said. So if you guys hear something, let us know. You're pretty good about picking stuff up. Definitely. A couple of the doors were weird in the jail as the window that would allow an officer to look inside a block without actually going in was pointing outward rather than inward. So we weren't sure the purpose of the doors. Do you remember that? I do. And typically in other jails, it has almost like a a cage type of a barrier where it goes, it juts inward into the cell room or an area so an officer can basically put their head in there and look side to side to make sure that they aren't going to be jumped by someone, Mm -hmm. essentially. And these, both of the doors were mounted outwards. Yeah, I have no idea what the point of that would be. Initially, right when I saw it, I'm like, oh, well, these are mounted backwards. Obviously, we don't know for the individual locations within the jail how they were used. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe there was a purpose to that. I just found it very strange. Yeah. My guess would be they needed some new doors and another Joe was getting rid of them. And they're like, oh, we'll take them. And they just threw them on there. I don't know. But it was just weird. Perhaps. Perhaps they just needed those doors and the pre-existing hinges were already set up the way that they were. And they just slapped them on there. I don't know. So you and I went downstairs to kind of see what the other group was doing. And then Christine and Sarah joined us and we did an Estes Method session with the spirit box with them in a downstairs area. So we'll go ahead and play some audio from that. So can you hear me, Diane? And so I usually talk pretty quietly too. So we had a friend with us upstairs that was communicating. Stupid. Oh. So, is this stupid? Are we bothering you? Is not something that you enjoy having people come in and try to get information about you, learn about you? There was a gentleman in the last cell upstairs that we were chatting with for quite a while. He seemed pretty open to talking to us. Any chance is he available? We'd love it if you could offer us a name. 
So if you just speak through the energy that's coming through on that speak on that spirit box, she'll be able to hear you and she'll tell you what or tell us what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Were you a prisoner in this jail? Give it. What do you want us to give? And if you guys want to ask anything, you can too. Um, the other thing also is, if she says something and it makes sense to you, tell me what you think it is, because a lot of times it's just kind of random seeming mm -hmm. until you play it back and then you're like, okay, this word, this word, this word, this word. Oh, this word. oh I get it. Oh, it makes a lot more sense now. And sometimes it's like... Back? Back? Do you want us to go back upstairs? Can you offer us a name, please? My name is Kelly. That's Diane. I'm Christine. I'm Sarah. So we're just here trying to learn some information about who was living here. Dead. How old were you? The gentleman that we were speaking to upstairs was in his teens. He indicated that many that were in here were of a younger age, around their teens versus being older. If you'd, li if you'd like, we have some different devices here. We have a flashlight and electric torch up here. Sure. And if you get near it and use your energy, you can turn that on. You can also make this light up. It lights up like a rainbow. It's actually really pretty. And that'll give us more indication that you're near us. We were just at Hamilton Jail. Yes. A few weeks that ago. That was really clear. We were at Hamilton Jail a few weeks ago. We had a lot of interactions there. A lot of conversation. Oh, I saw a little blip. Are you going near the EMF? The rainbow light. We'd love it if you could light it up just a little bit further. It's not supposed to hurt you. We've had lots of spirits play with that and mess with that to help answer questions. Is your name William? Mike. Hi Mike, thank you for that. Hi Mike. Appreciate that very much. So Diane. That was a long sentence, but I couldn't get it. Can you maybe speak a little bit louder and clearer for Diane? That way she can understand what you're saying. Sometimes it can be really difficult yep. to understand. Yeah. Thank you. We really appreciate you communicating with us. Thank you. Did you go to the school across the street? James. Okay. James. 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 Floyd. Floyd. Mike James Floyd. Thank you guys. Thank you. We really appreciate you hanging out and yeah, chatting with us. How old are you? Any of you? Or how old were you when you were here? Are there any women here? Besides us? One interesting thing that happened at Hamilton Jail a few weeks ago, which is also here in Florida, it's not that far from here, is Diane's hair got played with. 
and it was pretty funny because she was wearing this when I brought it up. And I said, you can touch her hair, it feels really neat, it's spiky and stiff and just play with it and she doesn't mind if you do that. Hi. 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 So if you would like to do that, it would be perfectly fine to surprise her with that. You bet. All right. Really? <laughs> Excellent. Well, she doesn't mind, I promise you that. My hair also got plain. Hold it. Pull it or hold it? Hold it. Okay. So don't pull her hair. Don't want it to hurt. <laughs> My hair's been played with several times also. Yo. But hers feels good. Hello. So. So Mike off Floyd. They're not supposed to. I wasn't even thinking. I'm just trying to take pressure off my back. Um, for the guys that are in here, were you here in the 1900s? Yeah, I know. So in the middle. In the middle of the 1900s? Were you here before 1950? Did you stay in the cell? Were you here prior to the 1950s? That means can you yeah. push them? Can you push them all the way away if it's no? Thank you. Okay, can you clear them out, please? Point them straight ahead. Great. Can you point them straight ahead, please? Hmm? Maybe you want to talk. Can you point that one straight ahead? Are you pointing to where you're at? Tom. Hey, Tom. Tom. Hi, Tom. Are you pointing to where you're at? Yes. Thank you. Maybe. Oh. One of them. All right. <laughs> anyway. Thank you. Yep. Yes. Double yes. Can you put them straight away? Thank you. All right. So it was after 1950 that you were here. I couldn't stand it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's it's kind of been really rough. I'm sure that it was really hot in here in the summer and really cold in winter. Very sorry. Yeah. Can you point them straight away? Clear them out, please. I think that said lady bitch. <laughs> okay. Can you point them straight away? Please. We Hold it. We appreciate you communicating with us. Maybe I'm Why? I'm wondering if one, somebody doesn't want us here, but then the other ones do. Yep. <laughs> that was a really fast yes. All right. Well, tell you what. We will go to another portion of the jail. Those that want to come with us and chat are more than welcome. Boy. We appreciate it. And it said it just like that. Boy. Like that? Mm -hmm. Oh, she can't hear me. <laughs> anyway, 
Thank you guys for your time. Thank you guys for your time. Thank you for letting us be here. Kelly, we got some pretty amazing answers with that. I I love it because obviously I have no idea how these go until I go back and I start editing and listening to stuff. And I was like, holy cow, I can't believe the way the answers coincided. Right. And it's so funny because every once in a while when I'm wearing them, you'll ask me something. I can't hear you <laughs> because <laughs> I've got the, the noise canceling headphones on and you can't hear me and I do the same thing to you. <laughs> and to give people a little insight, there was one point where I said off and you were leaning and like against on, a bunk kind of sitting yes. down on the bunk well, and no, we weren't supposed to. I was standing but I started leaning my arm on it because my back was sore and I didn't even realize that I was doing it. I was just talking and it's so funny because a lot of times when we're in the moment, we don't always piece together how it's correlating what's coming through but Mm -hmm. that's why it's so great to record everything Mm -hmm. because then when you listen back to it it's like holy crow (laughs) it just told me to get off and i don't know if it's because it's like the rules here are you're not supposed to be on the bunks or maybe it was their bunk and they wanted you off it that's true there were a lot coming through it was like all of a sudden they were stepping up and giving their names and then i heard some You know, you can tell the differences in voices between male and female, different racial makeups and things like that. And so I felt like we had all different ethnicities here, too, although I wasn't getting any females. Right. But they were saying it just like I would say stuff. I always try to say it either angrily like they do or happy like they do or yo, boy. (laughs) (laughs) My response, I think, was sup. (laughs) (laughs) We decided that we would go ahead and move to a different cell. And we thought, well, why not go back upstairs to the cell? There was a bigger cell that was up there where we'd have a little bit more room and stuff. So we went up there and we were just visiting as we were setting stuff up and bam, the flashlight turned itself on and then off. Yes, that's right. So that's cool because I always love it when that happens when we have newbies. I know. It's one of your favorite things. (laughs) That and the weather question, whether you can feel hot and cold or if you can manifest in a color. (laughs) I always have to ask those questions, although I didn't ask about manifesting in a color this time. And as we said downstairs, what, what, what? Oh my God, that was so weird. Why does it sound like somebody going, hey, what's going on? Like, just like that. Say I was what? wrong. Hey, what's going on? But it said it like, on. but it said it like, like that. A, like a new hey, what's going on? Right? Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Oh. It said it in a weird way like that. Like, hey, what's going on? Like that. Oh, well, like, that's their personality, that. That was just weird. I've never heard a voice like that before. And especially such a long sentence. Yeah. In the same tone of voice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Usually sentences are really hard to understand. Like I have a much I do much better with the dowsing rods, even with like, you know, the SS method her asking the questions. We were safe. Okay. I'm glad we were safe. Yeah, I'm glad. it's really good to hear. Yeah. Yep. Alright. So were you downstairs yes. with us? Uh, um, I mean it's just like fine or not. Can you tell us your name? Yep. What is your name? And, uh, and that was very clear. It's okay. You can tell us anything you want to say. What's going on for us? Because we're hanging out trying to get to know you guys. Yeah. We really enjoy historical places like Three. This. There's three of you? Okay. Were any of you with us downstairs? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
thank you well, for thank joining you. us. Yeah, thanks for, number, yeah, thanks for coming on up with us. Somebody just turned on the flashlight a little while ago. Can you please turn that on again? No. Okay. Okay, that's all right. I mean, we would appreciate it, but we totally respect that. Get out of the way. Here. So that was our second Estes session we did there. And you can kind of hear some talking in the background. We had some people in the cell that were next to us. And I was firing off so many yeses. And Kelly wasn't even asking anything that we got to thinking that maybe I was answering questions they were asking over there. Yeah, it definitely seemed that way because I could hear their murmuring. And when somebody's asking a question, you can kind of get from the lilt of their voice when they're done talking or what they're asking. And I, I think you were responding to them. So... It really freaked me out at the very beginning there because literally I put the headphones on and the first thing I heard was that what's going on, but it was said in such a weird, I don't know. I mean, it could have been somebody's real voice. The way you responded, because you always repeat it the way that you hear it, Mm -hmm. it sounded like a New Yorker or something. Yeah, it was definitely like a different accent. But it was a weird kind of gravelly (laughs) voice. Like, what's going on? Maybe older person. I don't know, but it was just weird. Yeah. Well, that's very cool because, you know, when you hear all the different voices that come through and it's actually doing a complete phrase, mm-hmm. that's not easy to happen as as a spirit box is flipping through all the different stations. So that is really using some manipulation of the device. Not only that, it makes sense for that to be the first thing that would be said is what's going on. Sure. Because we were getting all of those answers like that, and we thought maybe I was answering questions that were in that other cell, we decided to move. And we decided, why don't we go ahead and put the spirit box in the open so that Christine and Sarah could hear what it sounded like. So that's what we're going to play for you right here. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. 
I'm thinking that that life that we thought that was said might have been Mike since we had heard that name before, too. And then we got that very clear five. Yes, we did. Now, what I love about Christine and Sarah is they jumped right in where they were asking questions. And then we said, hey, do you want to try doing the Estes method? So this is Christine's session. All right, I'm going to get here. <laughs> this is Kelly. Can you I'm, hear me? We can hear you. Can you tell us your name? We heard that there's five of you here with us right now. Off. You're okay. That is crazy. There was like music, like straight music for like four seconds, and then it started listening. Wow. Oh my gosh. I love music. music. And it's, it's, you have good sponsors. Yeah, it's hot. Like very hot. (laughs) Because what's crazy about it is because it's listening through the stations, you're not going to get like the whole conversation. Like I heard legit music. It was like not... I couldn't tell what it was because there was static involved and just started listening. That's really cool. Yeah, so I was even mom and Kelly, so I was like, I feel hot. What's happening? Sorry, I didn't mean to. You don't have to keep doing it if you don't want to. No, I don't mind. I just just had to. Sorry. No, you're fine. We like it when you you stop and tell us. What is your name again? Sarah. Sarah. Christine and Sarah. That is those. They're terrible names. I am too. Like, what's your dog's name? I'll totally remember that. (laughs) So we were asking you for your names. We know there's several of you here. Could you say them one at a time? Representative. Representative. One of you can be a representative of the rest and say all the names if you'd like. Yeah. Or maybe some of you don't want to talk. I'm curious if you really enjoyed music, whether you were a musician of some sort, since you played music for Christine, and then... Hold on, you said, are you listening? Were you allowed to have music here in the gym? Did they ever play it for you guys? Maybe on a phonograph? Or... Have instruments here. To make y'all music? Yeah. The guitar? Even buckets? Percussion? Singing? You tap on the walls? Scared. Were you scared about being in the gym? I would think music would make you feel better if you were scared. Help. Are you asking us for help? I love that she said, I feel like I'm failing the spirits because I'm not getting what they're saying. <laughs> it's not easy. You no. you have been growing and being able to utilize the spirit box more and more. Mm-hmm. I still am very challenged that way. 
That's why I'm glad that they both wanted to give it a try, too, because they also saw that you can't hear. Yeah, they, they heard. <laughs> I shouldn't say they, they saw. They heard that you cannot hear anything other than that spirit box. Right. They cannot hear what we're asking. Mm-mm. So it's nice to have others, you know, offer up that proof because as we're doing it, we know our experience, but other, you know, our listeners might might go, well, but I bet you can hear a little bit. Yeah. or You really can't. They're thinking, oh, yeah, they, they probably are throwing some words out there for us <laughs> since this is our first ghost hunt to make it exciting. And well, what's like, really Whoa. cool is, like I said, a lot of the times it's hard to piece things together because as I'm asking you questions or asking them questions, I'm trying to come up with more things to ask to get more information. So sometimes even when there's a response 30 seconds later from what I had previously asked, I don't even make the connection. So (laughs) it's nice to have that recording to listen back on to. And then Sarah gave it a whirl. So can you tell us your name? We hadn't realized that we had a woman with us. My name is Christine. I'm Kelly. I'm Diane. And this is Sarah that is listening to you. You don't have to tell us your name if you don't want to. Yeah, we understand. But we respect. We are just here to to learn about what. Okay. <laughs> We're wondering if you had any children that were here with you. We heard that sometimes the children were with their mothers here. Did you have any children that were here in the jail? Or did you have any children that were at home? Uh-huh. Were you married? How long were you in the jail for? Bitch. Okay. Were you, um, did you work here or were you a prisoner here? You know, sometimes they had women learn to do the cooking. White dark. We're not making any disrespect. No disrespect. We're just trying to learn a little bit more about who's here. Especially as a woman in a jail that would have been in here with men, too. It would have been really difficult. It would have been very difficult. We heard earlier that a woman was saying that she was scared. Were you scared to be in here? And why were you scared? Yeah. 
Like she was like trying to like like scream, not scream, but like y'all shut up so I can talk. Like kind of like that. That makes sense. We all gathered in a cell together and turned on the spirit box. Are you here just to talk to Joe? Who are you? Are you related to Joe? It's a We got a yes and it's me. Then Diane decided to do the Estes method because it was hard to hear just having the speaker for the spirit box out in the actual jail cell. Okay, and then, so can you say your name? All right, who are you? I don't look at her at all, but I hear her. So, in your. What do you want to say to Joe? Do you have a message for her? Michael? Whoever it is has a sense of paper. I don't know. 
People might be wondering why we were concentrating so much on Joe. It's because that group was getting so much interaction with Joe that they thought it was somebody who was trying to communicate with her. So that's why we were so focused on her. Exactly. And then I loved that the response was boo to what do you want to say to Joe? <laughs> it's too funny. That was funny. And I find it really interesting that we got Michael and M, which could be Emily and her husband, Mike. Yeah, I didn't even think about it when I said M. I was like thinking the letter M, but not even thinking, well, maybe it's short for Emily who was there. Right. And that's why it's good to listen back to it. Yep. When we do these kinds of investigations. And then Christine kept asking why the dowsing rods were pointing at Luke, Emily's son. And you said, I don't know, damn it. Immediately afterwards. Yeah, that was, and you guys laughed so loud that I actually could hear you through all the noise canceling <laughs> stuff. So I'm like, well, they're laughing about whatever I just said that to. And it was said kind of in a frustrated way. That's and, exactly how you said it. <laughs> and just so people know, we were using the dowsing rods. Every time we were doing the Estes method, we also had the dowsing rods going too. Yes, exactly. 
And then Emily did pick up some EVP. On this first one, she asks about the cell that they are in. And I believe this was during a dowsing rod session. So here, I'll play it for you once. Is this your cell where you sleep? It doesn't look very comfortable. Is it comfortable? And then we'll play it again. Is this your cell where you sleep? It doesn't look very comfortable. Is it comfortable? And here it is, the part that I want you to hear amped up. Is this your cell where you sleep? It doesn't look very comfortable. Is it comfortable? And we'll play that one more time. Is this your cell where you sleep? It doesn't look very comfortable. Is it comfortable? So it definitely sounds like a male voice saying no. Yeah, I thought so. And what is convincing to us is that if this had been Emily's husband saying that, it would contradict that what she's saying is that the rods indicate yes. And she says something else again really quickly, which we don't think she would had her husband said the no. Yeah, so it's weird for her to be like commenting that, oh, the dowsing rods are saying yes, and then all of a sudden you hear a no. So why would her husband say no at the same time that she's saying yes? And then it's almost like she would have been stepping on top of him. Exactly. Rather than saying, why are you saying no? I think it's the dowsing rods are saying yes. I don't know. What do you guys think? We decided to go ahead and investigate outside where the gallows had been located. We set up the EMF detector and flashlight, and then Kelly started a dowsing rod session. And I said, well, while you're doing that, why don't I do the Estes method with the spirit box out here? We seem to be communicating with some other type of entity. So are you a male? No. Okay, thank you. So you are a female. Are you a female? Remember to cross them for yes. Okay, thank you. I don't know. You don't know? Double yes. You don't know if you're a female? I see. Can you point them straight ahead, please? Stop. Do you want us to stop asking questions? That's a double yes. Great. We don't mean any disrespect. We just want to communicate if that's all right. We would appreciate you chatting with us for a moment. So can you point those straight ahead, please? Mike. So I can ask a question. We met a Mike inside. What up? We met a Mike inside. Yeah. Is Mike here too? other than a male or female spirit? Hi. So you're some other kind of entity?
touch. You can touch us as long as you touch nicely and don't hurt us. Ask her. Usually, spirits play with our hair. Her hair is very spiky, so it feels kind of funny. Go to the box. How old are you? Sure. Is there more than one spirit here? Can you tell us how many, please? First. Hi. Hello, my name is Kelly, and that's Diane. We may have been speaking with you already inside the jail. But we maybe, maybe we heard that there were previously gallows right here. Was anyone that's with us? Is this how Me. you? Is this how you met your fate? With the gallows? I don't mean any disrespect. I'm just wondering who's here. Faith. Do you have faith? That's really important. That's good. I like hearing that. Thank you very much for communicating with us. We definitely appreciate it. More? Sleep? <laughs> yes, I just said I'm tired. I need, I Yo. need more sleep. Definitely. We won't be getting much tonight. We have a long yep. drive home. <laughs> Why? Because we're driving all the way home to go take care of our dogs. <laughs> Do you? So, were you here long? How many Why? years? Why? Because I'm curious. How many years? Great. How many years? That was laughable. Here? That was laughable. I'm sorry, is that not a good question? Like I said, I'm tired, so I'm having a hard time coming up with them. Did it really just say that was laughable? What? Did it really just say that was laughable? Yeah. Why? Because I was talking about how I was having a hard time coming up with questions. And so I said, um, I think it's, I don't even remember. You'll have to listen back. I think I said something like, so were you? Oh, thank, thank you. you for turning the light on. We're thank not you ignoring you. I just needed a break for my ears. Thank you. Can you turn the flashlight back off again to let us know that you, you're here? That way we know that you're actually controlling it and that it's not just random. So it's help, it helps us if you turn it off. And thank you for talking to us through this. I just, sometimes I need a break for my ears. So I was asking something about, something along the lines of, have you been here long or something like that? And you said that was laughable. And I kind of chuckled when I said it. <laughs> and he said that was you're like, laughable. that's a stupid question. Yeah. Kelly, there was that sentence right there in the middle, go to the box. Right. And <laughs> I had no idea what that was all about. Sometimes, you know, because we do record it so we can follow back up with it later. Sometimes I just keep moving on and asking more questions because I cannot determine how it relates to anything. Exactly. And while I like not being biased before we go someplace knowing too much information i kind of wish we'd already known that the sweat box was their solitary confinement because we could have maybe 
gone down that path a little bit more and verified, are you saying get in the box, the solitary confinement box? Is this like a sheriff or somebody else instructing a prisoner to do something? Right. But I'm I'm kind of torn about that. I like going in and doing blind investigations, basically, where we really don't have information. Mm-hmm. Because it's so incredible, it makes it that much more pertinent when you go back and find out later, you know, how that relates to the situation or to the the environment, to the location. Yeah, I love listening to these sessions afterwards, since I don't even know what's going on during them. And it just amazes (laughs) me how much matches up where I'm saying stuff that I'm like, surely she's not asking me something that this would coincide with. And like when I was like, go to the box, why would I even say that? I mean, what does that mean? Right. And I had no clue at the time because we didn't know that that was their solitary confinement. And then there was, that's laughable. I mean, that's just (laughs) not something that's going to come across the spirit box. No, you wouldn't expect it. That's for certain. And I remember even I was just so tired and drained at that point. I felt like all of my energy had been zapped. Mm -hmm. And I just remember trying so hard to come up with questions and be conversational. I'm like, what else do I want to ask? And then I'm like, have you been here long? And I'm like, (laughs) that was stupid. (laughs) Yeah, they're sitting there thinking, okay, the gel's been here for 100 years. Whoever was possibly there speaking to us had probably been there for decades and decades and decades. Exactly. And that's why it made me laugh after I I was kind of just chuckling after I said it because I was I was just considering the stupidity of the question. And also, maybe it's laughable because they don't know what time is at that point. Well, it could be, possibly. So you heard the flashlight turned on as well. I didn't want to include lots and lots of audio with all of this. About two minutes after the flashlight turned on, it did turn off again, and then it turned right back on again. So it didn't do it exactly when we asked it to do it, but later on it did, and then turned back on. So... The rest of the group joined us outside, and we talked to Joe for a moment. Determine who who you thought was trying to communicate with you. I can't stand this long. I mean, it's going to sound crazy, but this person. You read my I mean, it sounds like it's her dad. That that knew we were going to be here tonight. Mm-hmm. And I I I know it sounds crazy. The no, it way, doesn't sound crazy. The way that it. it yeah, they I asked if they were just it. visiting, and they said yes, visiting yeah. Joe. And then he kept, the thing kept pointing at Luke, and we kept asking why it was pointing at Luke. And finally we asked, is it because he's 13, and that's how old Joe was when she lost her dad. Oh. oh. So, yeah, that, I mean, that, that all, things like that come together all the time. You get correlations in different manners of communication. It's not like it's always going to be able to spell it out in one, like, full Sarah. sentence. My name Oh, um, yeah, it kept pointing, on going back from, from me to, to Sarah, and uh-huh. then it just kept on going me and to Sarah, and I said yes, but that not that Sarah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, a lot of times that's how you have to piece things together, you know what I mean? So that makes complete sense to me. It's just strange that that's <laughs> what we're getting, you know, like, he would know. The re- Well, I mean, I don't know if you've been talking about it or whatever, obviously he's been hanging out, but what's interesting to me is that he knew that there would be an opportunity to somehow communicate yeah. with you by being here. Whereas if he's just around you every day, you may not even know Realize that. Or, yeah. But with that, it's he's like, maybe I'll have a chance to actually, because there'll be stuff there that I can manipulate in some way, or there's we're going to be keyed in. 
trying to communicate mm-hmm. and listen. Whereas, you know, most of the day we're doing other things, so we're not paying attention. We could be getting messages all day long, and we're just like busy doing whatever we're doing. Yeah, our minds are on, on other things. And when you don't have the devices, go- I mean, we don't we investigate at home. Times. <laughs> we get and it's Very not like cool. we walk around, like she said, with dowsing rods going, are you, you know, talking to people? Mm-hmm. But he knew you were going to be here with ways to communicate. So he's probably been hanging out and waiting. I mean, the correlation between those mm-hmm. things and then we makes asked complete it to sense light up to me. This, and it couldn't light it up. And I said, can you point in it? And the dowel rods perfectly pointed at it. Okay. And stayed right at it. Good. Yeah. Because yeah. it can take a lot of energy for them to get that stuff to light up or turn right. on. And he doesn't want me to push Joe into traffic. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. That was thing. a hard one. That was a hard one. All right, I'll try not to. <laughs> well, it was kind of funny when, because when they were pointing the dousing rods at Luke, the one time you said, I don't know, damn it. When, we were, when you asked, I think, Christine, why you keep pointing them at Luke, and it could just have been a, a frustration of, you know, I'm trying, I, to, I'm get trying to get the across. point across and you're not getting it. <laughs> and it sounded like a frustrated voice when it said it. It was. Well, you, know, you said it like, like I you said. Were I try to say it like I hear it. Yeah. There was a couple of those, like when it was a, a yes, like it was like pulling into my arms when I was saying, like, it was like, yeah, absolutely. Like very definitive, like, yeah. Hard yes. Thanks for coming, Joe. If you need to leave, you know, we can have fun with other people. I say we go back to that scary one, like on the bottom that <laughs> uh-huh. we didn't go to. <laughs> no, the, the one the big on one. the bottom? Yeah. That. Yeah. I'll hold the rods. Okay. <laughs> There's got to be a reason it's so big. For sure. has a big food slot, too. Yeah, and what's weird is it's almost like the door is on backwards because the bar should be going into the room right? because that's how the guards would open it and look to make the sure that they were that for their away safety. from the door. Yeah, because so they would they stick knew their heads the in to make sure there was, was nobody near the door to get them. So that I find really bizarre. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so if, when we were at the old Charleston jail, we're like, what is this for? Because you can't put food in through it. Because we're like, is it a food door or whatever? And they were like, no. So the guard could put his head in there to make mm-hmm. sure there was nobody going to ambush him. So I feel like it was solitary confinement, but it's like the door is on backwards. And there's yeah. windows. And it's uh-huh. not tiny. No, it's not tiny. But you know what? Sometimes they're not. The solitary confinement at... The old Hamilton County Hamilton Jail. We were like, bigger if we had to be in a cells. room, we'd rather be in there because it had its own bathroom. It was private. There was no bars. It was just a door. Can I rent that for the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was way nicer, but then the person we were talking to said that they didn't like it just because they were by themselves yeah, all the time. Like, for a long time. They were there incarcerated for a long time. And that part where they were talking about a Sarah... We did have a Sarah with us, as you guys have all heard, but Joe's wife's name is Sarah, too. And that's why they were thinking the dousing rods are pointing to Luke to indicate an age when Joe's father would have passed. And then it's pointing at Sarah, maybe to indicate Joe's wife, because the name was the same. Right. A lot of times you just have to take what they offer you and see how it pieces together. And Kelly, I would say Joe was probably about the same age as you and I. Yeah, I would say so. And you think, you know, her dad passed away when she was 13, but it was clear to us, especially as we were having these communications when we were talking at dinner, that this is still very painful for her. Yeah, most definitely. 
and I've never lost my parents, thankfully, so I don't know the feeling, but a lot of people that I've talked to who have, it's just something you don't ever recover from. And I can imagine losing a parent as a teenager would be especially tough. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. It's not something that you get past. You just kind of get through it to a certain extent. So Emily sent me this EVP that seemed to have something in it that was trying to get Joe's attention. Luke and I related. <laughs> and it makes me wonder, too, if it's just somebody playing with us. Giving the wrong answers on purpose. But it just keeps going right back and forth. Did you die a long time ago? And I'll go ahead and play it one more time. Luke and I related. <laughs> and it makes me wonder, too, if it's just somebody playing with us. Giving the wrong answers on purpose. But, but it just keeps going right back and forth. Did you die a long time ago? And now I'm going to amp up the section where we think the EVP is. Luke and I related. <laughs> and it makes me wonder, too, if it's just somebody playing with us. Giving the wrong answers on purpose. But, but it just keeps going right back and forth. Did you die a long time ago? And I'll play that one more time. Luke and I related. <laughs> and it makes me wonder, too, if it's just somebody playing with us. Giving the wrong answers on purpose. But, but it just keeps going right back and forth. Did you die a long time ago? Kelly, we were actually doing a Facebook Live, and we weren't getting a, a signal when we were inside the jail. Right. So that kind of sucked. We did a little bit of a dousing rod session, and people got to see a little bit of it. So I was like, well, let's go outside, because we can get a signal out there. And the group was out there, and Emily was going through her audio at that moment. And so those of you who are watching the Facebook Live got to listen in on that live as it was happening, with Emily playing it back. And clear as day, you hear a Joe. It sounds kind of creepy, but it's also kind of that ghostly, ethereal, you know. I thought it was exciting as heck. <laughs> yeah, but it kind of has that creepy sound to it, too, where it's like, Joe. Right. But it was at that moment that we were like, okay, they're doing dousing rod sessions where it seems to be communicating with Joe, and now we're getting a clear her name. And then we got something else here, too, that was very interesting. This is another EVP that Emily sent to us. Was that you that said Joe's name on my recorder earlier? Yeah. Wow. That was pretty cool. Could you do that again? Except say your name? And I'll play it one more time. It's at the end. Was that you that said Joe's name on my recorder earlier? Yeah. Wow. That was pretty cool. Could you do that again? Except say your name? 
Now I'm going to amp up the area that we want you to hear. Was that you that said Joe's name on my recorder earlier? Yeah. Wow. That was pretty cool. Could you do that again? Except say your name? Now, instead of playing that again, I'm just going to pull out the actual EVP and play it for you here. And one more time. Okay, so I will tell you that it is a name. See if you can figure out what name is being said there. What do you hear, Kelly? Hans. Yeah. And it's as breathy as the Joe. Sounds like a similar voice. Guess what Joe's father's name is? Hans. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know if you guys don't have the hairs on the back of your neck sticking up right now. I don't know what will do that for you. That was absolutely (laughs) amazing. And what happened is Emily heard this after the investigation. So she sent the clip over to Joe to see what she heard. And she heard clear as day Hans too. I wish I could have been there to see what her reaction was. Oh, goodness. I'm sure it was very emotional. And the fact that Emily asks, you said Joe's name earlier. Can you say your name? And says his name. Just amazing. This is why I love doing this stuff. It's just amazing to me. We did end up going into that cell that we were talking about outside that was the bigger one. We felt that maybe perhaps it was a holding cell where they just would kind of throw people before they got them into a separate cell or figured out what they were in there for. Maybe it was the drunk tank. Who knows? Because it was just a big kind of open room. Right. It's a very, it was a very strange room. And it had the windows on it. Yeah. With no bars bars on the window. So I don't really know what, unless it was like an an administrative room. But I mean, they did have a door leading into the jail outside of that. You know, and that door also had what we thought was the reversal with the part of it sticking out. Right. That would make more sense if it was an office because if you had like a jailbreak situation or something, or you could just look out there every so often and see what's everybody doing in their cells. Yeah, that's the only thing that I can think of because otherwise that room just really didn't make sense to me. Yeah, we didn't get a whole lot of activity in there. And by that time, it was like it gets at a lot of these places. I don't know if it's just because it's getting late and we're old, but... We were all just wearing down and out of energy. And about the time that we're running out of energy, the spiritual activity just seems to be going down. And I think it's because everybody's just been feeding off of each other and it's just depleted. Yeah, the only activity we had in that room was when I saved the anole. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) We had some very interesting experiences at this old jail. It seemed as though we were getting communication with some former occupants and possibly Joe's father. Is the old Clay County Jail haunted? That That is for you to decide. Well, another place that I would love to go back to. This was a great place. Great activity. Just a great location. I love going into these old jails. I used to think I would never want to go into these places, and I love it. So do I. We've had great experiences with them. We'd love for you guys to check out our website at historygoesbump.com. And if you want to communicate with us, you can do that at historygoesbump at gmail.com. Or we have our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, You can get us on all of those. You can follow us on our YouTube channel and make comments there as well. We want to thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. I've been your host, Diane. And this has been Kelly. You take care now. 
Bye-bye. This episode has been brought to you by our executive producers. Dispatches from the Grave Digger. We'd like to thank Danielle Delalo for your one-time donation. And welcome into the cemetery, Mindy Hull. We're going to be putting you under a marble headstone. And Thomas Hoyt, we're going to put you under an obelisk tombstone. Thank you so much for supporting HGB. We could not produce this podcast without you guys. And this episode has been brought to you by Laura Ruby and her book, 13 Doorways, Wolves Behind Them All. Have a spooky experience that occurred at an historic location? Want to give us feedback or have a suggestion for the show? Share it with us at historygoesbump at gmail.com. Test, test, test. Testity, testity, test, test, test. In the month of May, on the 1st in 1841, the first immigrant wagon... Wagon gating. A wagon wing. The first immigrant wagon... Wagon. Wagon. I cannot say <laughs> Here we wagon. Go. It's a wascally wagon. A wascally wagon. Well, now, over there it is. Bacon, potatoes, tomatoes, pork. You are Beans, beans, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, lamb, corn. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. God, these stairs are crazy. Oh, okay. sorry. God. <laughs> <laughs> the stairs are weird. Very strange. I've never had that kind of sensation. Sensation? Sensation? Sensational. Never had that kind of sensation in my life.